How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking Football, and Week Six is upon us. We have already done our recap of Week Five. Monday night, Treese, we pretty much covered it at the end. But is there anything else that you wanted to add to the beatdown that Baker Mayfield and the Browns received from the 49ers and Mister Nick Bosa? Uh, just that we were I kind of given. Baker some shit for the two interceptions. One of them, it should have been caught by uh, Callaway, but it still was a bad throw. But it should have been caught. So I'm willing to let that one slide a little bit. But at the same time, it's funny. We talked about this during the preseason or um, training camp where uh, OBJ had to jump up for a slant route. You made fun of it for it being a slant route and not being – like super catchable. So kind of the same situation, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I tweeted this or maybe if I said it to you or where I said it. I feel like I've said it, though. But if you're OBJ, you got to be frustrated that you left New York where it was Slant City from Eli Manning to go to Cleveland with a quarterback with a supposedly strong arm that can get the ball down the field in tight windows. And the only thing you're running and catching are slants. Like, you have got to be freaking annoyed. As in, how can I be the best receiver in the NFL, have hands like glue, and the only thing I'm doing is running slants and taking multiple shots and getting rolled around in the middle of the field instead of maybe getting a chance of a 50-50 ball down the sideline or deep across the middle instead of six yards up the middle. At some point, you just got to be getting frustrated as, a, as an OBJ guy. Are we still sure that OBJ is one of the top wide the top wide receiver in the NFL? I would 100% say so. We're just not seeing the production anymore because everyone knows what he's going to be catching. Like the prediction, like the predictability of Baker Mayfield to OBJ is so obvious that it takes away his production. So that's why we've literally heard nothing about OBJ in Cleveland so far this year besides maybe the fumble. Other than that, I've not heard anything except for the cool catches in practice. Yeah. I just, it's weird to me. I just don't know if he, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not fucking good. He's just fucking, he is. But I don't know if, like, I would put him as a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Well, you have Hopkins, Julio, and Michael Thomas. Yeah. And I think think at the start of the season, a lot of people would have put OBJ ahead of some of those guys. I mean, I still have him above Michael Thomas. Yeah, I don't. And then, I mean, who else are we putting up there? Tyreek Hill's a hurt, so we can't really... I mean, I guess you can put him up there. He's going to be a game-changer when he comes back. Yeah. Like That entire offense has got to transform, and this man-versus-man coverage... I'm actually kind of... I'm glad the Chiefs lost Sunday night. Like, this, this helps the team more than it hurts them in a lot of ways. But I'm disappointed in the way that Chiefs fans are reacting to this loss. The way that they're responding to Andy Reid, the way that they're responding to Patrick Mahomes, and then the way that they're ultimately responding to the defense. It's, it, we're five games into the year. Yeah. It's in a totally fucking new scheme. They're totally new players. There's guys doing things that we're not used to. And we're mad that they lost to the Colts, who honestly had a lot of things go their way. A lot of calls that were not made. Travis Kelsey was frustrated from early on in the game. And then Patrick Mahomes just wasn't hitting some shots. And then he gets his ankle crushed by his offensive lineman. 
and that same offensive lineman decides to not block Justin Houston on a fourth and one. If he makes that block, the Chiefs get the first down. I mean, it's simple as that. The hole is right there. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Sorry to go from top wide receivers to the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, you're good. You're good. So anyways, I just I've been thinking about it, Mike. I saw some stat today that OBJ this year is like the worst year, worst five game stretch of his career in like catches, yards, tied for worst in touchdowns, um, tied for worst on like twenty yard plays or something like that. And so I'm, it's just a bad look. It really is. And you're and so it's very hard to like try to understand is it the offensive play calling? Is it Baker? Is it yep. OBJ? Right? Like is it just this like just clusterfuck of all three of them? Like I don't know. It's well if that's hard. a multiple choice question, it's D, both A and B. Play calling in Baker Mayfield. If you have OBJ lined up on the right side and he runs a slant to the middle of the field going to the left and Baker Mayfield gets happy feet and rolls out to the right, he's not going to fucking third base it across the field like we've seen Patrick Mahomes do. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just not going to see that happen from Baker. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. I, I, would, I think I'd put him at four or five. To go back to my original question, I think I'd put him at four or five. Here's a question for you. If Baker gets traded to San Francisco, how differently are we talking about him? Baker? What did I say? You said Baker. Not Baker, excuse me. Odell Beckham. If Odell Beckham Jr. gets traded to San Francisco instead of Cleveland, instead of Cleveland, my God, how different are we talking about the San Francisco 49ers and OBJ right now? Um, that's a good question. Because you have Matt Breida, yep. who is a lot fucking faster than I realized he was. Dude hit 22 miles an hour on yep. an 80-yard touchdown round. Oh, goodbye, he said. That's that's him running by. Yeah. You don't get the, you know, he's faster than that. Okay. George Kittle, you throw OBJ, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan play calling in that defense. Yeah. They're still undefeated. That, that's what you get. You you get still undefeated. <laughs> and uh, his stats. But, like, with all the weapons they have, you, you wonder if, like, his stats are that much better. Because, let's be honest, like, Jimmy G hasn't been anything to write home about this year. Like, he, he's looked – I mean, I know he's, like, 68% completion percentage right now, which is pretty good. But, overall, he hasn't been anything to, like – like, oh, my God, Jimmy G, MVP type year. And that's not a shot at you. Um, I mean, it, it should be. It should have been. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see. It's really funny to see, like, all those rumors right now going around about OBJ and how the Browns want to trade him. No, they don't. Come on. Get out of here with that. Like, What if they do, though? I mean, he's got a lot of fucking cap space on. Like, he's taking a lot of that cap. It's a it's a bad look for OBJ if he, if they trade him. If they trade him this year, it's a bad look. On OBJ? Yeah, that's two, that's him being traded twice in a four-month period, five-month period. That's a bad look for the player. That goes on him? I don't understand why that would go on him. Because you, even if, if you were that talented and that good and that good of a teammate, then the cap, shouldn't, the cap doesn't matter. The cap hit will not matter if you're that good and that helpful for the team. If you are expendable— 
That means you weren't a good teammate. You weren't living up to your contract. One of those two, right? Well, it's hard to live up to your contract when your quarterback can't get you the ball correctly and on time. So that and if the play calling's not to you. That means they're putting Baker's failures on OBJ. Exactly. So that's why I'm asking you why that would be on OBJ if he's the one to get traded. I mean, you can't trade the number one pick, but you can maybe trade the guy you just traded for. I I guess I I'm gonna. It's a lot of hypotheticals. It's not gonna fucking happen. Bottom line. So we don't need to sit here and go back and (laughs) forth. There's no reason to be like you're an idiot. Like just stop asking me questions like this because not that we're ever gonna get to that point. But just in case we we will. It's like like a married couple. Like eventually we'll have one of those conversations. Yeah, and then I'll have to apologize, and then you'll be happy again, and take you out to dinner, and you're happy, and we'll go from there. As long as you understand the rules. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we have something this episode that we've not had in a while. So, and that is, you guessed it, Trisivia. Oh, yeah. We realized (laughs) that we did a lot in the offseason. And then since the season started, we've gotten kind of bland. We talked about it before we hopped on that. We're not really happy with ourselves on kind of what we're doing, so we want to we want to spice it up a little bit. Speaking of marriage, we need to we need to change it up to keep it interesting, right? So we're bringing back Tree Sylvia. We're gonna make a focus, and we got a couple other things that we're gonna keep rolling into the shows just to kind of keep you guys not really knowing what's coming. If if you get my gist, so Trees, welcome back the Tree Sylvia, and let's get rolling into this. I can't wait to be wrong. Can't wait to be wrong. I all right. Just because I'm so excited, we're going to do two today. This one, I actually saw on social media today, so you may know the answers just because you may have saw it. So I did not come up with this one, but it's it's fun to me. Let's go with the top five players with the most all-purpose yards in NFL history. Can you name those five? Top five players in all-purpose yards. Correct. All-purpose yards. So, Gale Sayers has got to be on there. He is not in the top five. Yikes. Walter Payton. He is number three. Okay. Jim Brown? Not on there. Wow. Um, Not Barry Sanders? Nope. Okay. Emmett Smith? He is number four. So, you have Jerry three. Jerry Rice? He is number one. Okay. So we got Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton. Am I looking at receivers? Running backs. Running backs. How about this? Frank Gore? Them, no, but one of them is still active. What? Yeah. Adrian Peterson. Nope. Am I close? By guessing an old running back? Yes. <laughs> How many more is there? So Frank Gore, you said no. Correct. Adrian Peterson was no. Yep. You got to pick all-purpose yards. So this would include receiving, punt returns, kick returns. Correct. Why am I not figuring this out? And it's a running back. Yep. He's been on three teams. Darren Sproles? Darren Sproles. There you go. Wow. Number five all time. 
Holy – and he got injured this last week too. He's number five? He's number five with 19,684 all-purpose yards. Holy cow. That's crazy. So I'm missing one more though, right? And it's Brian Mitchell, somebody you yeah, probably Yeah, I'm missed. not going to yeah. guess that. And he's, num- he's number two. And Was he- that the, uh, is that like the best kick returner of all time? Is he? I mean, I I consider that Devin Hester. You said Brian Mitchell. I yeah. mean, he was like the record for most return touchdowns. It, is that who that is? Yeah, that is who it is because Devin Hester is just played punt for returns. the Eagles. He played for the Eagles. Man, look at me go. So, um, yeah, okay. So that that's number one. Number two, on we are talking about this year. So I'm glad you got your pen and paper ready. This year. Quarterback A has faced pressure 66 times. Quarterback B has faced pressure 67 times. Quarterback A uh, has a passer rating of 22.3. Say that again. Quarterback A has a has a passer rating of 22.3. 22.3, okay. And quarterback B has a passer rating of 99.0. Who is quarterback A and who is quarterback <laughs> <What>? B? <laughs> 22.3 verse yeah. 99. Correct. With basically the same amount of pressures, right? One player has one more. So uh, who's- Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield is right. Which one is he, though? QBA, like 100%. (laughs) Who's quarterback B? It's not Deshaun Watson? No. Patrick Mahomes? No. Tom Brady? No. Matt Ryan? No. Aaron Rodgers? No. (laughs) Dak Prescott? You're going to name fucking every quarterback. Gardner Minshew? No. Phillip Rivers? No. Russell Wilson? Jesus Christ, No. Kyler Murray. No. Lamar Jackson. Yes. God damn it. (laughs) Hey, look at me go, folks. Look at me go, baby. (laughs) That's amazing. You literally named off at least 20 quarterbacks right there. (laughs) Process of elimination. I love it. You win some, and if you're me, you about lose all of them, baby. Yep, yep, it's true. So there you go. (laughs) Well, there's a tree city. You're glad to have it back. Holy shit. Yeah, glad to have it back. So <laughs> I have missed it though, for sure. I've missed I've missed like researching and finding those like crazy little stats. So hopefully I come up with some better ones throughout the season that can help us for this season. Um so let's talk about two other things. Social media today. I posted a nice little uh thing for everybody. Just who's everybody's rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. I don't know if you voted or not. Who, who's I your did. vote? Who's your vote? Gardner Minshew. There we go. So you're one of the 59% so far that have Gardner Minshew as offensive rookie of the year. I also obviously have him as rookie of the year. He does need to continue winning games though. If they go on a losing streak, given their their schedule gets fairly easy after this weekend. They play the Saints this weekend, but then they get guys, then they get games like the Bengals and shit like that. So uh, I think that I think he's going to continue to win some. I actually saw an awesome little 
idea on Twitter the other day. Mm-hmm. What if the Bears made a deal with the Jags where they somehow make it so the Jags do end up paying some of the some of the hit, salary hit, and they trade for Nick Foles? <laughs> And this is not from a Jaguars. This is not from a Jaguars fan. This is actually from a pretty well-known source. I don't want to say his name, but a pretty well-known guy that's that has nothing to do with Jacksonville. This is just so absurd. The Bears are <laughs> willing to trade up one spot in the NFL draft to get Mitchell yeah. Trubisky, and yeah. two year, two three years later, go. Let's go get a broken collarbone, Nick Foles, baby. Well, obviously. Yeah, right? Like, obviously, it won't work because he's going to be on IR and you can't trade for guys that are on IR. But yeah, like, I'm just like, but I'm like, what would the Bears be with that defense and they had Nick Foles? Uh, their receivers would be a lot happier. Anthony Miller would get uh, some touches. Yeah. But they would be deadly. Finally have a real NFL quarterback for the first time in his career. Oh, man. That'd be dangerous. It would. But they went and got a one-year starter in Mitchell Trubisky. Yep. Allen Robinson and Mike Evans deserve so much better. Those are two guys that I'm like, you two deserve more than what you've gotten. Well, he's gotten a little bit here with Jameis this year. With his two targets that he had on Sunday? Well, that's another story. Dude, I tried. This is what I'm saying. I shat. I shitted on – I don't know why I said I shat. <laughs> I shitted on Jameis Winston. The next week he comes out and just goes off on the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. So I'm like, well, fuck, now I got to praise him. So I do. And then he just comes out and just sucks ass against the Saints. It's what Jameis is, man. He'll have three bad games, and then he's going to have one amazing game. And that's why he's still the starter today. Like, if he didn't do that in his first couple years in his career, he wouldn't be the starter anymore. But it's that—it's like golf. You have one good hit in an 18-round, or 18 holes, right? A full round. You have one good shot. You're like, I could be a golfer. I can be that. I can make this work. I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. (laughs) I might sign up for a tournament. Yeah, I might do that. $300 buy-in, I'll fucking win it all. No worries. I'll get Uh that and some change back. Yep. But here's a realistic possibility. Nick Foles to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Like, that might be an honest possibility with Jameis, like, not being the answer. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that uh, Arians would love Nick Foles. Isn't that just Carson Palmer 2.0? Yeah. What? What what are you confused about? Bruce Arians loved Carson Palmer in in, in Arizona. No, no, no. Just say what you said again. What did I say? Now I'm all Part, paranoid. Nick Foles is a Carson what? Carson Palmer. What? To what? 2.0. Oh, you said, okay. You didn't do it again. You what said he's a 2.0. And I was like, is this another one of these Utah sayings that... I, I 100% say do 2.0 sometimes. Is that a Utah it, it thing? It threw me for a loop. I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry to cut you off. And no, that's make fine. make it so prolonged, but it it got me. It's a Utah thing, I guess. Everybody, we just had this conversation. He says, what do you say, caddy corner? Yeah, caddy. it was that, caddy corner to the bus. 
Yeah, and in in the West, we say kitty corner. Unreal. You're unreal. You Midwest. You call people. it a fucking kitty. You call it a caddy. Like what? What the fuck, you? Dude, look it up. Just Google it. You'll see that I'm right. They're apparently the same thing. I'm not going to look it up. You've already done the research. (laughs) They are. I I already did it last episode. As you said it, I Googled it. And it said, oh, it could be Caddy or Kitty Corner. And I'm like, ah, we're both right. Speaking of right. So who do you think had the cold cut of the week? So we had – we posted three main ones, right? We had Lamar Jackson's. We had Christian McCaffrey's. And then we had – Aaron Jones. I have to give mine to Christian McCaffrey just because hit, was it the one that resulted in the touchdown? No, for just the first half. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was sick. It was way sick. Because he went from like full speed to not moving to taking off again. Like boom, boom, pow. Very fast. So, yeah, that's why I'm taking it. I didn't have anything else to go with it. I thought it more would come into my brain. Nothing else did, so boom, boom, pow. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. I'm with you. Uh, I was actually going to take Aaron Jones, and then I rewatched the Christian McCaffrey one a few more times. I'm like, it's got to be Christian McCaffrey. So I'm with you there. Sucked because it was against my Jags, but, man, it was a nasty move. So cold cut. Congratulations, Christian McCaffrey. What do you have for the fling of the week? Um, so I got a couple. I don't have three. I only got a couple. No, actually, I do have three. One's going to be the Kirk Cousins throw to Adam Thielen along the sideline. It was nice to see him put the ball out there. I believe I said this last episode, or maybe I was saying it um, at the tailgate on Saturday, but it's just crazy to see Kirk Cousins make some throws, and you go, what the hell are you doing? And in other throws, you're like, damn, that was pretty. So the throw to Adam Thielen along the sideline, that's one. And then the other two are Gardner Minshew to DJ Shark for the touchdown throw, which looked like it was going to be intercepted. Um, nope, just perfectly thrown right over him. Couldn't be any prettier. And it gets caught for a touchdown from DJ Shark. And then the other one is going to be from Patrick Mahomes. And it's not going to be the scrambling around the touchdown throw. It's going to be the pass that he makes where he drops back into the pocket takes a step to the right, sidearm throws it around his offensive lineman between two defenders and lands right in the arms of Miko Hardman. And let me tell you, when that play took place in the stadium, everyone was silent because they didn't know what happened. Like, we couldn't tell if the ball was caught, if it was intercepted, if it was dropped. And the next thing we know, Hardman is going, I caught it, I caught it. The referee solidifies that action, and then we see the video replay and, man, the crowd went nuts. But those are my three right there. And for me, I'm actually going to take the Guardian Minshew just because I still watch that play and go, how is that ball not intercepted? So that's that's my fling of the week. Awesome. Love it. All right. I think it's time for some game breakdowns. Well, let's get it. That's what we're here for. That's Thursday. We have Thursday Night Football returning to a beaten up, falling apart, no pass receiving, pass catchers for the New York football Giants playing the just amazing New England Patriots. Their defense is incredible, um, especially on Madden. Their players are faster than death. I swear to God. Trust me, it just happened to me. Um, 
But this night, tonight, it's going to be pretty wild. We're all expecting a blowout. It's just going to be how bad is it? So the initial spread or the initial um, over-under for the game is, excuse me, no, not over-under. The official spread of the game is 16.5 favor to New England. Teresa's laughing at me here. Excuse me for the misverbiage. But New England is favored by 16 and a half in Foxborough against the Giants. Trees, who are you taking? It's the Pats. They're going to win by 28. This game's going to be a shit show. Like, I, I legit might not watch it. I don't plan on it either. I'm going <laughs> to go upgrade my phone and, get, and eat dinner with my sister, and that's going to be about my Thursday night. Yeah. No need. Like, I'll, I'll watch it on Friday. <laughs> I'll just watch the condensed version on Friday. <laughs> like, oh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven touchdown throws from Tom Brady. Wow. I will say, though, the weather's supposed to be shitty. It's like four, it's pre- predicted to be 40 mile per hour wind and just a complete downpour. Well, maybe one touchdown throw. Yeah. No, Tom Brady always plays well in shitty weather. Remember that? crazy snowstorm that he played against the titans and he had like five touchdown passes in the first half i'm not gonna lie to you i don't remember that you're way too young i'm sorry the moment i said it i was like he's not gonna remember this it was like 2008 i think it was the year was it the year that they went they went 18 and 1. I can't remember if it was that year or if it was a couple years ago. Hey, out. I was in sixth grade. Back off, bro. You were? I was yeah. watching football. All right. Well, apparently not close enough. Jesus. But hey, Brady was playing when you were in sixth grade, still playing today. Do you think he's going to have 284 passing yards? Hey. Yes, I do. I'm thinking he's going to go over that pretty easily. This Giants defense, um, is really not as bad in the secondary as what they have been. Julius Peppers has been impressive, getting turnovers, getting to the ball, making plays. But Tom Brady and their receiving weapons is just no joke. You did this last episode, too. It's not Julius Peppers. That's a defensive end who retired. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's real, Peppers. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow, why didn't you say anything last episode? You just let me roll with it. You were were on a roll. I'm not going to interrupt you. Come on, man. Wow. Wow. I apologize. That's so silly. That is silly. (laughs) Yikes, bro. Who you meant? You just accidentally called him the wrong dude. Hey, Jared Allen, man. I'm over here like fucking Stephen A. Smith right now. You really are. Jesus Christ. Julius Peppers is my defensive player of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's like M- Michael Strahan. I think he's gonna get to, <laughs> get to Brady at least three times tomorrow night. Landon <laughs> Collins is the best safety the Giants have ever had. Yep, <laughs> so lucky to still have him. So lucky, blessed. Um, I'm gonna go the under. God I, damn it. <laughs> I think I think it's the weather that gets it, so he only gets to like 250. So. Uh, and obviously if it was supposed to be good weather, I would have the over, but there's that Michelle, Sony, Michelle, 66 rushing yards. I'm going to go the over because of the weather. And I think that they're going to be running the ball a lot. So, uh, going the over there. I think that they really got him rolling last week. 19 carries, I think for like 90 something yards. 
I think they they want to just keep that rolling there. And uh, I see a hundred. I see his first hundred yard game this year. And I completely agree with you, especially with Rex Burkhead sitting out. Um, Sonny Michelle, it finally looks like he's getting into the groove this year. The Patriots are getting him involved. It's just what they do with the running backs. They use their backups early, and then they get their starter rolling in about this point of the season, and they just roll right on into the rest of the year. And like you mentioned with the weather, this is just prime running football. Yep. Julian Edelman, 68 rushing yards, over or under? Is it total yards or receiving yards? Receiving yards. Receiving? Okay. Um, I'm actually going to take the under because I think this is the game for Gordon. I think this is a game where he erupts. We haven't really seen it so far this year, and I think we will tonight against the New York Giants. We are actually thinking the exact opposite. I think that because of the weather, raining plus wind, they're going to want to keep it to really short passes. That's what Edelman is. Give him a little three-yard stick route. He'll make it turn into nine or nine or to 10, 11 yards, and that's how he's going to get up over 68 yards. And because Gordon is more the deeper threat guy, I think that he's actually going to have under – which who our next bet is, and it's at 61. I'm going to go under for Gordon, but I do have him having multiple touchdowns. Well, I do like it, but I just think that the Giants are going to focus on one player to stop, and it's going to be Edelman. I think you know maybe Peppers, not Julius, Jabril, Peppers, is going to line up against Edelman, is going to be able to do enough to throw him off the game, and keep him distracted from Brady long enough for him to look at Gordon and get the ball out. And those players are going to be going to Gordon, whether they're deep or short. All right. All right. Question for you. Just real quick. What yeah. do you think about the AB thing? With him coming Dude, dude he just needs to shut up. Like yeah. he honestly just pushed himself even further away from getting signed. Yeah. Like getting back on social media. I agree. Like, how do you go? Hey, Patriots, you're going to pay me anyways. I might as well earn it. Like, you have learned nothing over the last two months. Yeah, nothing at all. It's ridiculous. That, he he done a good job of staying out of the news for two weeks. Like, he did a solid 14 days. I mean, I bet he's just sitting there itching him. Like, yeah. just itching himself. Just sitting oh. there itching him. Just, I'm thinking of that meme of, uh, gosh dang it, what is it? Capel. Dave, Dave Chappelle? God damn it, dude. I am struggling <laughs> with names. I do not know why I'm so Dave Chappelle. He's got the cocaine all over him, and he's sitting there scratching his neck. That's exactly what Antonio Brown is without being on social media for two weeks. I'm, I'm going to make that and put it on our social media. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Freaking, what did I say? Chappelle. God, You're help fine. me, Lord. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our next bet. Um, Jones set at 262 passing yards. Is Daniel Danger Zone Jones going to throw for over 262 passing yards, Mr. Justin Trees? Negative. Simple as that. Uh, this defense is just too damn good. And with bad weather, I, I honestly think that he will probably lead his team in rushing yards this game. So I'm going to disagree here, not just to disagree to disagree, but mainly because I think he's going to get those garbage yards in the fourth quarter. I think the the Pats are going to be playing that prevent defense, and Jones is just going to be able to get the ball down the field 
and just kind of maybe get them a late score at the end of the game, and that's going to be about it. All right, all right. Uh, we've been different on almost every single one of these. Yeah. Uh, Slayton, who's going to be playing in for Gallman here, 49 rushing yards. I honestly don't know anything about this guy. Me either. I, I don't remember him playing last week or doing anything productive to gain my attention. So, oh, shit. I guess I'm going to take the under. Like, there's a, I have a gut feeling that I should take the over. And I'm going to be mad at myself tomorrow when I watch him just bust it off for a 60-yard touchdown run, surprisingly. And I'm sitting here like, oh, I don't know who he is, so I'm going to take the under. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but I'm, I'm also going to take the under. <laughs> uh, Golden Tate, second game back now, 54 receiving yards. Over nope. under. Uh, taking the under. Like, just smash the shit out of the under. The, the Patriots are notorious for taking away the first option. Um, and he might be the only option for the Giants. And if they take him away, Daniel Jones, me taking the over there is looking pretty silly. I'm going to take the over. I think that he has about 65, 70 receiving yards. I think he's just so tough to bring down that the, he'll get his little out routes that are supposed to only be like six-yard gains. And again, just like Edelman, he turns them into 13-yard gains. And he has he has multiple of those. And you talking about the garbage time at the end of the game, like this, is that's where he'll prime and and get that um last one cody Lattimore, 42 receiving yards i'm gonna take the over for him because the patriots are taking away tate the ball's got to go to somebody and the plays that you just described for tate are what's going to take place for latimer i'm gonna take the over as well so we agreed on two of the eight so that's going to be super exciting for us considering i had just tied us up in the prop bets so something something's got to give here um i'm probably gonna lose all of them <laughs> we'll, we'll try it out <laughs> all right so you obviously have the pats winning this game you've said it multiple times there yep i have the pats winning um so next game another london game second of the year this one is one of the awesome pancakes and football games uh, i love it in utah because games start at 11 o'clock my time normally so this one starts at 7 30 it is perfect you wake up Make yourself some French toast, some bacon, get out onto the freaking TV and just watch some games early in the morning. Fucking love it, dude. It, it, I honestly love this game. <laughs> well, hey, there you go. I'm glad you're having your French toast and bacon at 730 in the morning looking at the Utah mountains watching some foosball. Yep. Uh, Sounds pretty great. Happy for you there. Uh, Sunday, I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing at that time, at that particular point in the morning. Hopefully, I'm still sleeping, but I guess we'll see when that time comes. But for the Panthers and the Buccaneers, who did you say who you're having win in this game? No, I didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, the, then. My bad. <laughs> I'm taking the Panthers. I think that Christian McCaffrey is just doing what he's been doing, and he's gonna. I think he's still upset about not getting that first down and weak two or three when these guys played on the fourth down just needed that extra half yard i think that's been eating up him and i think that they still have the number one pass defense so they'll try to slow down james winston and godwin and mike evans and i'm actually going to take the buccaneers i think they have a back or a rebound game from the saints they did great against the rams and then you go and play the way you did against the saints you can't be happy with yourself. You've got to be frustrated. They're going to adjust, and they're going to do just enough to get the win. Um, and if they don't, and they only lose by a point, 
they still cover. So taking the Buccaneers. Our next game, Seattle, which is favored by one, going to Cleveland. I'm really not sure why this is so low. Do you? I think it's strictly because Cleveland, they're at home. I think that a lot of people think they're going to be in desperation mode, need to get a win. Like If they lose here, they are going to be in big trouble because I think they have a bye the next week, and then they play the Patriots, I think it's their schedule, or something <laughs> around that. So they easily could be two and four, two and five at some point soon. Um, so I think that they're just thinking, hey, like Browns are going to not be giving up on this. Um, which is exactly why I'm taking the Seahawks. Because they just don't give a shit. And they're looking like they're on a roll. They played well last week. Um, they're just going to continue that. Russell Wilson is having an MVP-type campaign. Why is he going to slow down now? What the Browns' weaknesses is or what Russell Wilson's strengths are, and he's just going to feed off of that. And the Seahawks' defense is not – it's not like they're bad. No. You know what I mean? It's not like they don't have corners. It's not like they don't have a pass rush. It's not like they don't have a run defense. If the Browns' play calling is bad again, then here, here's another loss. Exactly. And exactly what the Niners did, their play calling and everything against the Browns, that's exactly what the Seahawks are good at. Run the ball, play action, like that type of shit. Like, they are going to destroy them in that sense. I still think the game's pretty close, but, like, I think that they, like, that game plan will just take its toll and destroy that defense. I just think that I'm going to say, I think that Baker may bounce back a little bit and the offense might be able to put up some points to keep it close. But I think that at the end, it's going to be the defense of the Browns that cost them this win. I just think Baker has another bad game and OBJ gets pissed off and there might be a Beckerman on the sideline. And then Landry's sitting there in the middle going, uh, well, I mean, I agree with my buddy OBJ here, but my quarterback, I mean, I also kind of have to defend at the same point. So I think it's going to put them in a weird spot. And I just think the Browns are falling apart. I hope I'm wrong just because there was so much hype around them this year and it just seems to be going away. But that's just kind of where I'm at with them. Is there anything else you want to add to that game? Um, it sounds like... Uh, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams will be back, so that'll be interesting to see. Though I don't think the backup cornerbacks have done that bad of a job for the Browns, to be honest. They really haven't. So that's been like that's been a promising thing for the Browns. Is a couple a couple weeks ago against the Ravens, excuse me, like their entire secondary was completely out, like gone. Like they were all backups, you know, second, third, almost four stringers. And they came out with a W. So for them to just get that development, know they have that depth in the in the secondary, that's that may be the one positive for the Browns moving forward. And one last thing, want to know who has been quietly really bad this year? Olivia, Olivia Vernon. He's been bad. He is not. He has not lived up to what the Browns fans thought. I think the Giants fans are like, yeah, this is exactly who he was with us, and that's why we traded him because we didn't want that contract. Like, he's an average defensive end. That uh, makes sense. I mean, I haven't seen anything from him except from punching Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo in the face last night. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Not last night. Monday, excuse me. Monday. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next one. We got 
these Saints head into Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. And the Jags are one-point favorites. I actually have the Saints in this game. Hoping <laughs> hoping it's kind of reverse psychology here. Most of the time when I pick against the Jags, they end up winning. So uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. And it's more because I still don't know if Ramsey's going to play or not. He's been pra- he practiced today, so I'm hoping that he's back. If I think that he, real wa- he will want to play this because he's going to want to go up against Michael Thomas. I think that there's guys like Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, guys that he hasn't faced in his career that he really wants to face. I think he wa- he wants that challenge. So I'm hoping that that happens. But if he doesn't, I just don't know if the Jags are going to have an answer for Michael Thomas. And what Christian McCaffrey just did makes me super worried about what Alvin Kamara can do. So I'm going to be worried about that. I think that the Saints defense can slow down Fournette, and then it's going to be all on Minshew, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm I think I still think it's going to be a close game, and I would not be surprised if it's fourth quarter two point or two minute warning and Minshew has the ball, and everybody's like, "Fuck, can this dude do it again? Can can he lead this team to another close victory? I could easily see that happening. That would be great to see, but the Saints. Ever since Drew Brees went down, it's not like they've been any better, but it's not like they've been any worse either. And Teddy Bridgewater is just getting better each game. Last week was his best game yet against the Buccaneers, against a Buccaneers defense that has been on a roll and who came off their best game against the Rams. So you think they're coming in hot, ready to show the Saints, hey, we're the real deal here in the NFC in the NFC South. I don't know why I can't talk. We're the real deal here in the NFC South. And the Saints came out with, hey, we don't care. Our defense is just as good. We're going to rattle Jameis Winston, and I think they can kind of do the same thing here to Gardner Minshew. They're rolling hot. They're feeling good. And if they can stop Fournette and make it all on Minshew and he misses a couple plays, maybe makes a mistake here or there, the Saints are going to capitalize. And Sean Payton is going to have an answer for everything that their defense is going to you know, show to them. And Teddy Bridgewater definitely has the experience to make a difference in this game. So you were taking the Saints. Yes, taking the Saints. All right. Next one is your team, Texans versus Chiefs. Chiefs five-point favorites. I'll let you take it. Um, I'm actually going to take the Texans. The I'm going to try and go with this little you know reverse psychology that you just mentioned, and mainly just because I've been picking the Chiefs the last couple weeks, and they have not lived up to it. If there's an injury with Chris Jones, their offensive line is banged up. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but he does not play in the secondary. And Deshaun Watson has looked phenomenal the last couple weeks. He threw five touchdown passes. And the last time the Chiefs played the Texans, they didn't have an answer for Will Fuller. And they barely stopped um, Hopkins. So for them to just come into this game and think that they're going to be able to stop both of them, it's going to be hard for me to believe that until they do. The secondary for the Texans isn't as good, so if the Chiefs can connect on those missed opportunities that Mahomes has had with McCall Hardman or Robinson the last couple weeks, if they hit on that, then this game blows wide open. But if not, then it's going to be close because I don't fear the Texans' running game, but I fear their passing because we've seen the the run defense for the Chiefs be the struggle the last couple weeks, and if the Texans tee off on their secondary now too, the Patriots are just sitting there like, we can't wait to go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think that they come out swinging. I think that Mr. Tyreek Hill is back, and I think that he makes 
the world's difference for this team. And I think that he comes up with 150 receiving yards. I think he just has a monster welcome back game. And I think that'll open things up. And I think that McCoy will have a big game. I think that after having a very bad game, right? I, I don't think he had a carry last week. And he had then he had the fumble on the screen pass. So I think that they make a point to get him the ball, get him rolling. And another name that you didn't mention, Travis Kelsey. He came out yesterday and said that that's the most frustrated he's been in a very long time. The altercation with offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. he regretted the moment he did it. They rolled the makeup, and then I think they're just going to move on from there, just like it should happen. They're just you, He did it, apologized, you move on, you go from there. And I hope you're right in just absolutely destroying the Texans. Um, heading into our next game, though, here, it's going to be the Redskins versus the Dolphins, where the Redskins are favored by three and a half against Miami. Someone's got to win this game. It's just going to depend on who wants to lose it more, really. <laughs> like, who wants the number one pick? Because here it is, baby. It's sitting right freaking here in this matchup. So this is going to be a game that I'm not really watching, but I'm going to be keeping an eye on because it's just going to be who focuses on tanking more, right? Or do the Redskins have an answer? They just lost Jay Gruden. Their quarterback room is in shambles. Their defense is just kind of like, well, who the hell are we playing for now? And then the Dolphins, you know Rosen's wanting to prove that, hey, I can be the guy. But I also realize that if we continue to lose, I may get more help in the receiving position or at least with you know my offensive line. So it's just a huge mixture here of who's going to win. So I'm actually going to take the Redskins. I think they cover and I think they win. When you lose a head coach, you realize what you've done to him and his family and then everyone else that was involved in that on that staff and in that organization and you're tired of the noise and you're tired of everyone talking negative about your entire team, your brothers, your family members, right? So now is the opportunity and the time to answer that. So I'm going to take the Redskins and then the Dolphins are going to get the number one pick in the NFL draft. I've been saying this for three weeks now that the Dolphins are going to accidentally win two games this year. And this is one of them to make it so the Redskins have the number one overall pick. I think that the Dolphins are coming off a bye and they're going to just be fresh. And I think that guys like Howard, Zayvon Howard, are sick of losing and they're going to be like, no, this is our chance. Let's go. Let's get this going. Rosen, prove that you're the guy. And maybe you wide receivers learn how to catch the ball. Like, cause they, they have fucking struggled this year. So second, that team has the second most drops this year, but only behind the Eagles. So I think that the Redskins are going to lose. And I think the Dolphins win this game. I mean, that's all I got. I just think that, I think that the Dolphins coming off a bye are just going to be fresh and they're going to be excited to play again. I think you're, I mean, Either of us could be right here. I know we didn't pick the same team, but both of our reasonings are, are make good sense. But I really like yours for the Dolphins <laughs> on, hey, we're coming out of a bye week. Our receivers did not go on fucking vacation. They sat right here in Miami. They went to the beach, and they took a jug machine with them. And yep. they caught ball after ball after ball. And if they did anything else, get them out of here because apparently they don't care enough. Exactly. All right, next game, Eagles versus the Vikings. Vikings are three-point favorites. 
And I'm going to take the Vikings here. The Eagles really haven't faced any tough competition. They haven't faced a defense like this quite yet. Um, and the Vikings have had a very difficult schedule. There's been a lot of noise between Kirk Cousins hitting either Thielen or Diggs. Last week he hit Thielen. Now's the time to hit Diggs. That secondary for the Eagles is not the best. But the Vikings, man, their running game is amazing. Yes, the Eagles had 10 sacks last week against the fucking Jets. And about six of them were in the fourth quarter with Folk, the old hometown hero for Trees here, who likes to just sit in the pocket and just try to reach home. You know what I mean? Like, he's trying to get in contact with people from Utah while standing in New York. Sorry, bub, it takes a while for that signal to reach. You ain't going to get a text back as you get sacked again. I feel like that might have what had taken place there with the, <laughs> the Eagles-Jets. Now that I say it, kind of makes sense. So I'm taking the Vikings here. They just... They have too much going for them on offense that the Eagles won't be able to match on defense. I want to hang out with you more just to see how your brain works sometimes. Like, the way you just thought through that and like, explained it, it just boggles my mind sometimes. Good uh, or bad, though? Like, good or bad? Strange. Not okay. good or bad. Just strange. Like, just... <laughs> I, I love it. I I love your I love how creative you are, Vikings though. And it is strictly because Diggs and Thielen are very, very good route runners and Eagles defensive backs are very, very bad. I think that Cooks doesn't do anything in this game, but I think Thielen and Diggs both go for one twenty. I think that they just have monster games. They both go for one twenty? Yes. You heard Holy me. shit. They both go for 120, and Cousins goes for 330. Wow. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, going to our next game, though, here. The Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Baltimore to face the Ravens, where they are favored by 11 and a half. This is going to be an AFC matchup. That's pretty tough because the Bengals always play the Ravens hard. Like they're always this is always that game for the AFC North that you really don't know who's gonna come out with a win because this is one of those rivalries that no one really talks about that the Bengals kind of win more than others realize. So and that's why I'm going to take the Ravens to win this. Sorry, we had a little miscommunication there. But uh, I actually don't think it's going to matter. The Bengals' defense is atrocious. Their offense is beat up. They don't really have an answer. Their offensive line is poor. The Ravens' defensive line is one of the best in the NFL. Um, and that's going to be about the gist of this game. This is a game for Lamar Jackson to get back on track, for him to kind of perf or to continue to grow off his performance last week with the comeback win against the Steelers. I don't necessarily if you'd call it a comeback. They were already in the lead. The Steelers came back, and then they won in overtime. So for them to come off that hard win in Pittsburgh to now come home and face the Bengals, this is just a premier game for Lamar Jackson to get back on track and show the NFL, and, hey, I'm a good quarterback. I'm not a running back. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said, and I think this will make the Bengals 0-6 to go along with the Redskins, who are – I think they've already had their bye, right? So they'd be 0-5. Uh, those would be the lone un or winless teams. And I think at that point, now you're going to start hearing the rumblings of 
Did the Bengals just trade AJ Green? Like he's almost back. Do we just trade him for some picks? And I think that they could. And I think that they desperately need help on that defense and that offensive line. So we'll see how that goes. But I don't see how the Bengals can keep keep up with the Ravens. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to have a huge game. I could see uh, Boykins having a big game. I could see maybe Hayden Hurst have because I know that uh, Andrews is de- um, Mark Andrews is dealing with a foot injury. I could see Hayden Hurst having a big game here. So I think there's just too many weapons with the Ravens. Though I, I do like we- Boyd. I do like Tyler Boyd though. Is he playing or is he hurt? No, he's playing. He is playing? Okay. He was hurt last week, wasn't he? He played last week. I think he was hurt during the week, but he ended up playing. Okay. Okay. I thought I heard that then. Um, That's pretty much it for that game. The 49ers and the Rams are our next matchup where the 49ers are traveling to Los Angeles where the Rams are favored by four and a half. I'm going to pick the Rams here. I think that they... Do not like the way that last week ended against Seattle. They also have a 10-game stretch. The 49ers only have, what, six? So that those three days, the extra four days of rest can be a huge difference, honestly, in the NFL, um, especially for a team like the Rams. They're trying to figure out a lot on defense, and now Sean McVay has a couple days up on Kyle Shanahan. He kind of gets more of an idea on what their offense does and what their defense looks like, and he's going to be able to tee off on it. So I think this is a good game for the Rams to give the 49ers their first loss. This is one game I will be glued to this weekend. This game is going to be awesome. Shanahan versus McVay, it is going to be awesome. And I'm going to take the 49ers because, hey, they haven't fucking lost yet, so why would I pay against them? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really, it's because I think that their running game is going very strong, obviously, what they did against the Browns. Coleman is just another factor in this offense. I think when you have Brita and Coleman healthy, like it's very hard to understand what they're going to do. I think that they're starting to get, they started getting uh, Goodwin involved. And so that's, um, that's always a good thing. And so um, I think that they could keep doing that. Kittle, Kittle is a beast. Uh, Are you ready to admit that he's just fucking awesome? I've never not said he's awesome. Yeah, said, he's just not the best tight end in the league. You said he was garbage. Get the fuck out of here. No, I did not. <laughs> I know you did. I was <laughs> gonna say, did I fucking do that like I said freaking Julius Peppers? <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, but he's been awesome this year. Him and him and Kelsey are the only two that um have more than sixty five receiving yards. Sorry, you're you're probably like, why is this dude laughing? So I literally—I'll just tell everybody. I don't even care. I literally just got done eating tums and bread because I'm like the worst heartburn in the world right now. I'm like walking around, like jumping around, trying to get it to go away. And then fucking Austin says, "Keep talking, so I can get this done." And he starts eating tums and bread. We're the same person. I'm not gonna lie. I've never done the bread combo. I'm so I really started thinking like if I take the tums, I feel like it maybe just kind of lowers down like the acid buildup in my stomach. Maybe the bread will help weigh it down, too. So it does. I'm going to try does. it out. I appreciate the uh, the lesson there yeah. that you didn't bread. realize you gave me. But Bre- Bread, Tums, and milk, dude. <laughs> back to your analysis. <laughs> yep, back to my analysis. Um, that's all I have on that game. We're, we'll just move on to the next one. Falcons versus the Cardinals. 
just fuck the Falcons at this point, man. <laughs> These guys are garbage, costing me money. Matt Ryan, you can send me money. That's what you can do, you asshole. Like, Mr. Inconsistent over here and the Falcons defense. Dan Quinn, me calling you coach of the year and you can't even coach a defense. Jesus Christ. Like, get the fuck out of here, both of you. Um, oh, I'm Maddie missing the Falcons. I'm taking the Cardinals because they're going to win two in a row here. Yeah, I'm going to take the Falcons. I think Matty Miss, um, he probably misses the landing strip on the way to Phoenix. But uh, it's going to be all right. Dan Quinn will save him just enough in his spectacular defensive um, scheme that he has drawn up for them. Um, And I think that's going to be the difference for Kyler Murray. I don't think he's going to be able to run as much this game. I feel like the defensive line for the Falcons is just big enough and smart enough to be able to kind of fill those gaps to where uh, Murray doesn't have that availability or that option for him like we saw last week. And the Falcons got to be pissed. Like, there's no way they're happy that the injuries are taking place again and their defense is falling apart and their offense isn't putting points on the board. But you know what? That's the thing. Their offense did put up points last week. Calvin Ridley showed up last week. We've already seen the Mohamed Sanu. We know who Ju- or who Julio Jones is. It was Calvin Ridley's turn last week, and that's ex- and he showed up. He did what you know we've been waiting for him to do. Of course, he did it when I finally decided to say fuck it. I'm sitting on my bench this week, and he scores like twenty freaking points. I lost by two, so I'm not mad. I'm just very disappointed. Sorry to bring my personal life into this, but. I think the Car- I think the Falcons win this game. The Cardinals don't have an answer on defense. The Falcons' offense is just too deadly. It doesn't matter what their defense is right now because the Cardinals aren't primed enough on the offensive side of the ball to make this much of a difference. You want to make a bet on this game? Yes. What do you want to bet? Twenty bucks. Jesus Christ! It's too much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> sure, let's do it. Uh, you want to bet twenty bucks on this game? Or do you, are you giving me the points? Yeah, you're giving me the points because that's how we fucking bet. So, <laughs> what do you mean? Am I giving you the points? I mean, two and a half points. So if the Falcons win by two, I still win the bet. Just let's do straight up. No, that's that's how we're doing this. We're saying this. This is this. This is not real money. Okay, all right. Unless you just want to put a a dollar on it no, or five fuck. monies. We can put five monies on it. I don't know what that means. Five dollars, um, five monies. Uh, okay. So uh-huh. we're going we're gonna to talk about this on Sunday because I need to know if David Johnson's playing as well. Nope. I'm not going to take that. talk about it now. Here we are. Uh, I'm not going to take that until I know what David Johnson's playing. Come on. You're not going to bait me into this. We're moving on. Titans versus the Broncos. Broncos are two and a half point favorites, and I don't understand how. You have one good game against the Chargers, and now all of a sudden you're favorites again? Remember when you guys were favorites against the Jags and you guys fucking couldn't hold on to a 17-point victory? (laughs) You might not remember, but one know who does? Gardner Minshew, bitch. That's what I'm talking about. So, um, I'm going to take... Again, the Titans, I feel like I've taken the Titans way too much this season. Almost I, every game, honestly. Yeah, I, Almost every game. I don't game. like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, I fucking but, hate the Titans. I'm going to take the Titans to win. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just giving them a little bit more. I, it's one of those things. You Respect your 
your rivals, I guess. I mean, that's nah. how it is. Nah, fuck that. Um, Derek Henry, you're a bitch. Uh, but he's going to have a big game. And I think that, uh, honestly, I could see both him and Deion Lewis having pretty big games here. I could see A.J. Brown continuing to do what he's done the last couple weeks. I think he's really starting to become that number one receiver and letting Corey Davis become the number two there. And I think this defense is just so strong like it's not it's not like this best defense in the league but it's just it's just difficult to beat and i don't know if joe flacco can do it so i'm going to take the titans and i completely agree with you the broncos won that game against the chargers in the first quarter when there was two pass deflections or a sack in a strip that led to them getting a touchdown and then they were able to get their play call rolling because of that score difference in the game they're Excuse me. They were able to keep running it. They were able to get Freeman and God, God, Philip Lindsay, um, in the you know in their strides and their in their game performances, putting them in good situations to do what they do best. Right? The Broncos were in that situation to do that. I don't think they will be against the Titans. What you said about AJ Smith being number one wide receiver, that's great because he had a, he had a couple good plays last week. It was just Marcus Mariota. Um, had robbed him of a touchdown because he stepped up too far into the pocket, decided he was going to run, and then last minute goes, oh, my God, there's A.J. Smith open. I'm going to throw the ball. And then when he goes to, he's already crossed the line of scrimmage. That gets taken away. That's just the beauty of Marcus Mariota. I don't know what they're going to do for the quarterback of the future, but this year, if you have A.J. Smith at number one and then Corey Davis at number two, that's a pretty good setup. What did I say wrong? <laughs> You've called him AJ Smith three times. Jesus. <laughs> AJ Brown. Who's AJ Smith? I don't even know an AJ Smith, dude. <laughs> Man, what's wrong with me? I have the Stephen A. Smith curse right now. <laughs> I was gonna let the first one slide. Like, ah, he's he's great, great, just going, going, and then you do it again. I'm like. Does he understand what he's saying? And then you said it again at the end. Ah, uh, Dude, I'm Stephen A. Smith 2.0. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, apparently. That's so bad. A.J. Brown, Jabril Peppers. Yes. You got him. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Our next game, the Dallas Cowboys are playing the New Jersey Jets. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Joke at myself there. The New- they're playing the New York Jets. The Cowboys are favored by seven and a half in New York. Therese, neither of us have picked our team here. So you go first while hopefully I can decide the names that I'm going to mispronounce or just missay this this matchup. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. I don't feel good about it. I think it's strictly they're probably pissed off about losing to the Packers last week. Uh, Aaron Jones ran all over them, so I think they're going to just make it a point to slow down Le'Veon Bell and just say, hey, let's make the dude that like has a ruptured spleen, basically, and fucking Sam Darnold, like, make him beat us who hasn't played in a month. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm right there with you. Um, I want to see – I would really like to see Donald just take another week off to fully regain his health. Like just 100% know that he's good and everything's lined out and that he's fine to play again in the NFL. 
Because when you're playing a team like the Cowboys, who have the linebackers that they do, the defensive line, the speed and the power, this is just not one of those games where you want to risk coming in kind of sick with a ruptured spleen. Like, that's that's not a good combination, right? Yeah. I just don't think the Jets have an answer for the Cowboys' offense. Cowboys 100% all the way. Our next game, the Steelers are traveling to Los Angeles to face the Chargers, where they are favored by 7.5. The Chargers are favored by 7.5. I'll go ahead and lead us into this one. I'm taking... Mm, no, I'm not. Mm. I'm going to take the Chargers. I about said the Steelers. I don't think Rudolph's playing. He looks like he's, you know, somewhat practicing. He's been active with the team. He's been in the locker room. He's been with everybody. But there's no way he's ready to play. Their offense just really hasn't been what it is. I know Big Ben's definitely out. It's just you still would think that someone would be making plays, but we're not seeing it. And I don't think it's because of A.J. Oh, my God. Of Antonio Brown not being there. It's just going to be Big Ben not playing. The yeah. defense we've talked about last week or Tuesday, Mika Fitzpatrick seems to have been the difference. But this Chargers team, they just lost to the Broncos. They've got to be pissed off. Phillip Rivers cannot be happy. There's no reason for them to lose that game. Several mistakes took place for them to lose. I think they clean it up this game, and they go, and they sit here, and they beat the Steelers in a soccer stadium in Los Angeles. I agree, and this is Melvin Gordon's breakout game. I think they finally just say, okay, Melvin, it's been a, it was a struggle last week. Let's let you have, have the bulk of the carries here against a subpar Steelers defense, given, yes, again, like you said, have improved since Minka's been a part of it, but I still don't think they're that great of a defense, and I think that I could see Gordon having a good game here. I agree with you. I like it. Um, Our last game of the week here, the Lions versus the Packers. The Packers are favored by four and a half in Lambeau. And I'm going to take the Lions. They're coming off a bye week. They had a close game against the Kansas City Chiefs. They look to have figured out their running game. Their defense has some confidence, hopefully coming back healthy because they were dealing with some injuries, but they were still able to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Patrick Mahomes gunslinger mentality. This Packers defense, though, is real. But this Lions offense, I think, is starting to find their groove. And if they can keep it up, this is an in-division game. This is a Sunday night game, too, correct? Monday night. Monday night game. Prime time. The lights are on. The last time the Lions were in Lambeau, they won. Why not do it again here? That's all I got. I'm going to take the Packers. I think that the Packers are on a high right now after whooping the Cowboys there. I think the Lions coming off the bye, they may start out a little bit slow, and you can't start out slow against this Packers defense. I think they're going to get the offense in a good situation. Sounds like Devontae Adams is going to be back. I think that if you have the running game going with Jones, where you have to might bring a safety up a little bit, and you don't have that extra safety back there for Devontae Adams, he's going to pick you apart. I think Jimmy Graham is starting to become almost like 2016-ish Jimmy Graham, which is not like steel or like when he was with the Saints, Jimmy Graham, but like the good version of Seahawks, Jimmy Graham. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just a good 
good thing for this offense. And I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a really, really close game. But I think that the Packers end up winning, and they do cover that spread of four and a half. I think they end up winning by six or seven. That's going to be good. It's going to be an exciting game, that's for sure. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, and I don't think it's going to be a boring game. Um, the teams that are on a bye week, the Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, Oakland Raiders, and the Buffalo Bills. This is huge for the Bears, and this is kind of bad for the Colts and Raiders and Bills because they're all on rolls, right? Like they're, They've all found their momentum. So the Colts, Raiders, and Bills, this is the time of year where you don't really want the bye week. Because now you have to put everything on pause. You're going to lose your momentum. And then you come back and you have to kind of get everything re-rolling again, right? The Bears, this is perfect timing for them. Figure out what the fuck you got going on. Because you just went to London and you lost to the Oakland Raiders where Josh Jacobs just had his way any way he wanted. I don't know if it was just a bad travel schedule, but the Bears did not look like the Bears in this game. That's about all I have to say about these the teams on by. Treese, is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, I actually agree with everything you just said there. Sweet. Um, other than that, excited for week six here to take place. Treese, do you have anything planned this weekend? No, man. It's it's going to be a low-key weekend, so I'll just be watching a whole bunch of football. It's going to be great. What about – oh, I know what you're doing. I was just about to ask. What about you, dude? You got something super exciting. Yeah, so I am going to the, if I can say this correctly, the Red River Rivalry down in Dallas, Texas at the Texas State Fair where the Texas Longhorns will be facing the Oklahoma Sooners. This is another one of those dream games that I've been wanting to go to since I was a kid. Like, going to the University of Texas was one thing, but I grew up in a house that was divided where my mom is a massive OU fan. She was born in Norman, Oklahoma, and she grew up a Sooners fan. I grew up wanting to have my own team. You know, I didn't. I really didn't want to be like anyone else being in Missouri. I didn't like Mizzou. I didn't like the black and yellow tiger. And all of a sudden, I just see that orange and white Texas Longhorn with old Vince Young and followed by Colt McCoy and the Shipley brothers and then the McCoy brothers, Quan Cosby, Lima Sweet. I mean, you just go down the freaking list. I was huge fans of them. Earl Thomas, Michael Huff. I mean, just keep going, right? I'm here. Those are the players and the team that I fell in love with. So going to see this matchup in this game in Texas, in Dallas, a city I've never been to, I am freaking ecstatic. So, yeah, this is going to be another one of those weekends where it's just like a, holy shit, I'm really here. No, I'm je- I'm jealous. I really am. I think it's going to be a great time for you, and happy for you. And I hope that you uh, I hope your team wins. That's what I hope. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be the last game you went to, <laughs> right? Okay, thanks for that reminder. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a big matchup. Um, wow, I really appreciate that, Trees. Can't wait to fucking go. You're the best. I didn't mean that as a jab. I was just saying, like, no, that, that, that kind of sucks. So, it always, I mean, if it makes you feel better, I've been to multiple Jags games, and they've lost every one of them. So, hey, you, you, you win some, you lose some. 
Every game I've been to, my team's lost. I went to the Chiefs game Sunday. They lost. So, shit. Maybe I shouldn't be going to any games. <laughs> That's funny. Um, sorry, I know this is a football podcast, but yikes. Dodgers just fucking choked. They lost? Yeah, they're up 3-1 in the ninth. Brought in Kershaw and gave up back-to-back home runs. Go into the 10th, and then the and then Washington scores four runs in the 10th to win it. They won 7-3. Holy shit. Dodgers knocked out of the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. And this is the Nationals without Bryce Harper, too. That's without nuts, Bryce Harper, dude. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. And then the Cardinals give it up, t- or giving, or sorry, Braves Scoring giving 10 up 10 runs in the runs. first inning. Yeah, so funny. I- I'm going to deflect anything to just ignore that my twins got swept by the Yankees again. So I'm going to just talk about, I'm going to make fun of everyone else. Hey, at least your team made it there, all right? <laughs> twins have lost like 16 or 17 straight playoff games. That's a difficult thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> just something we won't talk about yeah for sure uh but everybody thanks for joining in and tonight we've been talking football